Hey, what's going on? It's uh, Bosco. And Zach. And uh, we're here today talking about Falling Down. The 1993 film Falling Down. By Steven st- Soderbergh. Starring Robert Duvall. <laughs> and well, Michael I mean, he's Douglas. actually more like co-starring. But yeah, Michael co-starring. Douglas, He's that's a tour de force right there. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a, I, I, I enjoyed this movie. This was a person, no, don't let him in, because he's going to fuck with the chords. Uh, it's fine. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's a, uh, it's a good, solid movie. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting themes I, I don't think I really picked up on when I watched this in high school. Um, but it's just, uh, overall it's, I, I'd have to say it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's a little ham handed at times, you know I mean? There's a little bit of corniness, you know, but, um, it's a very nineties film. Oh yeah. It feels super nineties. Like I know it was filmed in the nineties and was set contemporarily at the same time, but like it, it, it kind of is dripping oozing in like 90s atmosphere you know what i mean Uh like from the traffic scenes to how la looks to you know um this scene inside the uh, whammy burger shop it's it's oozing in in 90s uh esque atmosphere yeah which is interesting you know a lot of times uh at least these days, you know, like you, you ever watch a film and and you're just like, man, this oh, yeah. movie shit, feel, shit, shit, feels dude, like, dude, the like most, you can watch the mo- the mo- one of the most '90s movies ever is Point Break. Point Break, I've never Point seen Break, it. Point Break, yeah, I've never seen it. yeah. I mean, it's about it's about uh, uh, these extreme athletes are like surfers and skydivers and shit, mm-hmm. and they rob banks as like the dead presidents and shit. Mm-hmm. That one is it's uh, uh, the '90s. Mm-hmm. If like the like, uh, for some reason, like, all the fucking interiors are all smoky. But anyway, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about falling down. Something I do a lot. Fall down. Fall mm-hmm. out of my face. Why do you think it's called Falling Down? Let's talk um, about that title. Well, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, this movie's about a, guy, uh, a guy's spiral descent into madness. Like, kind of just like, you know the cracking of you he know. blows a gasket oh yeah he he for sure does in traffic in traffic which i completely understand <laughs> is very indicative of like w- one thing i took away from this whole movie was like the the false promise of the american dream right because you know at one point like you know i mean this guy man he he loses his job. I mean, but let's be honest. He probably he probably did something bad. You, you know? Think? Yeah. I mean, what did he do? On. I don't know. Maybe look at someone. Did he break? Did he have a an episode at work? Because you know what the character strikes me as is like the type of person that I think a lot of us have probably met before, like a quiet, reserved, older guy. And they're like, oh yeah, you know that's Bill. He does this thing. He's quiet. He's chill. You know, but then, like... He has you know, a quiet he has, intensity. <laughs> yeah, and then he has, like, a moment where, like, something small, something trivial sets him off. And all of a sudden, like, he bursts. And you're like, holy shit, Bill's, Bill's a monster on the inside. Like, this quiet, <laughs> yeah. reserved guy 
who seemed like nothing was wrong with him. It's always the ones you don't expect. Like, obviously, <laughs> there was, like, a building tension in this person, yeah. you know? And I'm sure, you know, you've seen it, and a lot of times it comes out in the workplace, you know, because someone... You know, it can happen in school, too. Well, but yeah, like, the, the, the whole movie is based on, like, going postal. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, yeah. But, you know, you're at work, and you have a coworker who's that quiet, reserved guy. And like, oh, yeah, nothing phases Bill. But the truth of the matter is things do phase him. Things do bother him. But it's more of like a bottling effect mm-hmm. where he bottles, yeah. bottles, and then something small, something trivial happens. You're stuck in bad traffic, whatever it may be. That person is just like fuck is it, not today. Set off, not today. That person is <laughs> yeah. set off, yeah. and they snap and they f- blow a gasket and they freak out harder than you've ever seen most people freak out. And you're like, I mean, the dude. Oh blows, my god, the dude blows what up is a going construction on? site with a fucking rocket launcher. What <laughs> is going on in this person's head? That's yeah. that makes them, you know, have go from like you know being the quiet, reserved person to something small, setting them off going make them go nuclear essentially mm-hmm. you know so i think it's kind of a take on that type of person that i think we've all seen whether the it be self, the self-destructive type whether it be i don't know if i would say self-destructive but like just you know the bottle the bottled rage right. and then the little straw breaking the camel's back yeah. and and igniting that rage right right you know and whether the rage is justified or not, I think, is for the viewers to decide. So, I think we should talk about that a little bit. Like, this right, guy well, has... Well, well, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna... You know, I, I just want to, like, before we go on a different talk, I just want to talk about, like, like the, the failed American dream. Because I think Robert Duvall is, like, he's, like, the counterpart, right? Like, he's also kind of just been doing what he's told but instead he was kind of answering to his wife right and like you know he was kind of just you know he was just going along with the flow right and but you know i guess he made his way in a way like he was i guess an established police officer on his retirement day you know but he has problems at home with his wife yeah yeah but you know like it it's all like from what i got is like how two people handled, like, their life crumbling, right? Like, you know, like, they mentioned that, like, Robert Duvall, like, he had a daughter that, like, died in the crib death, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, obviously, uh, fucking, what's his name? Bill? The other actor. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, yeah. Um, he, um... The character's name is Bill. Bill. I'm pretty sure. Okay. In the credits, he's listed as defense, as you know, was pointed out. Yeah. Well, which I, is what his like, like his license. But plate like, says. but like the whole the whole part with like the I'm not economically viable. I think that like ties into it because like, you know, he feels like he's been robbed. He feels like he's like, look, I did what I was told. I worked at the job. He said, what he say? He's like, I'm. Um, he's like. He's like, I'm smart, but I'm over... Is he saying I'm overqualified? No, he said he's underqualified and overeducated or something like that. Something like that. But, like, but basically what what I'm trying to get at is that I think that, like, I, I can kind of actually, like, you know, especially after all this shit the past year, like, with the way people have, like, 
re- rethink their lives. I think a lot of people have realized that they're miserable and they're, you know, once taken out of the, you know what I mean? Like once he was, once he was let go from his job, he obviously spiraled because he, he was laid off a month and then a month later he, he goes crazy. He obviously didn't handle his stress the right way. But, you know what I mean? But I think it, like, ties to a different, like, a larger thing where, like, you know, I feel like a lot of us feel cheated by, you know, like, this system that we live in that we feel like we're promised that, you know, oh, we can succeed and we can, you know, as long as we follow the rules and, you know, and don't rock the boat that, you know, that you'll get success, right? Like, he makes a comment about the plastic surgeon's house, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, he he feels cheated like you you see that in every instance when he goes to the, to the, to the fast food place when he you know what i mean he's like look at this fucking shit burger you know what i mean when he goes to the the convenience store the soda's too expensive you know what i mean he's like mm-hmm. he feels cheated he feels cheated by america right yeah definitely yeah it's like all the little things um right. that build up and you know, kind of lead to this insanity, like, whether it be like, hey, I need 50 cents to use the phone, let me buy a soda here, and, and break my change, and, um, you know, let me get 50 cents so I can use the phone, and then the soda's just, like, 35 more cents more than that, and he's like, come on, you know, and the guy doesn't give it to him. Yeah, which is a or, very human <laughs> moment. We've all you know, we've all been or, or yeah. going in to get breakfast at the Whammy Burger and saying, you know, I want breakfast, and like we stop serving at eleven thirty, and it's eleven thirty five. You know, yeah. you're like, why can't why can't I get breakfast? Come on. Yeah, it's you not know? like. Wait, side note, but that whole argument, you know, fucking McDonald's learned their fucking lesson. Fucking serve breakfast all day. They don't do it anymore. They don't. No, you don't know. They stopped. They stopped. A while I mean, I don't ago. go to McDonald's really, so they stopped doing it a while oh, ago. Wow. Yeah, they don't. Well, see Jack it. in the Box is doing it right. All right, because That's you know, thing. because you know, because you know, like uh, most places don't serve it all day. But but you know what? The, yeah, I know most. But places I mean, don't. come on, you've but worked like the, in fast. I, you've worked in food before. You know it's hard to yeah, fucking yeah. you know get all that stuff ready. It's a the whole pe- other people. The people who work behind that dr- has to be open to you know. Yeah, yeah, but the just people in who, fairness to that. No, 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 totally, totally. And the people who work. I mean, as someone who used to work at Taco Bell, I completely understand. Like, oh my god, dude! Do you know how many fucking people would come into fucking Taco Bell and they'd at they would. <laughs> It always made me laugh. They'd ask for the fresco tacos, right? Mm-hmm. But the fresco tacos is literally just a different cheese. That's and like diced tomatoes mm-hmm. instead of salsa or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you know, like like customer like I don't know, it's a very tough job. Where but it is beside the point. But like, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's the little things. It's everything, you know, everything yeah. is just... And in a lot of ways, I feel like, um, at least the the stress that I think the, that the character is feeling, Bill, is similar to, I think, I, I think a stress a lot of us feels like, um, in America, um, it feels like everybody's got their hands out in some way. Like, you know, there's always some silly charges. There's always... You're always getting billed or, or upcharged or upsold right. for something, you know, like... You know how many bills? You know what I got a bill for uh, this past month? What? Listen to this. So, um, something funky happened with my health insurance. I was getting health insurance. Right. covered Cali. And um, 
and something funky happened with it. Honestly, I think it had to do with something federal, like the yeah. Save America Act or whatever. And um, my health insurance was canceled at the start of June and then restarted for this month. But for the month of June, I didn't have health insurance. Mm. And I wasn't alerted of this right. until about June 20th. And I had been receiving treatment yeah. with the... Um, substance yeah. abuse program that I was in. Right. And I have been receiving treatment and I had been receiving this treatment while uninsured through Kaiser and oh, not knowing shit. it. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. And I got a call t- telling me that oh, I have a, about a $1,400 bill. Oh my yeah. fucking God. <laughs> Dude. I'm trying to get it fixed. So I got that $1,400 bill for something. That's treatment. such horseshit. Your, I, your jaywalking was, ticket. Yeah. My jaywalking citation, which is 800. Just go to Europe and never come back, dude. Fuck it. They're they're not, the IRS won't find you in fucking Europe. Do it right. And meanwhile, the IRS still won't give me the refund that they owe me. Dude, dude, I still haven't got my, anyway. A $2,000 refund. But you're totally right. And, and like, you're, you're someone who's, been working constantly for you and know the I past don't couple. You know, feel like I've done anything wrong to warrant such no, a outrageous the, the wrong thing charges. Is, is being an uninsured American <laughs> yeah. and uh, being an uninsured American, and I not buy through my own fault. I was buying insurance. Mm-hmm. I w- I was buying and paying for insurance, and something funky happened with it that I don't even understand right now. Some fucking little tiny bullshit. Some I I stepped in the the whammy burger a little five minutes after breakfast was sold. <laughs> and some little tiny trivial bullshit throws me off. And now, oh, sorry, you owe us $1,400 for that treatment you received. Treatment that I was getting to reduce my drug and alcohol use because I'm really stressed. Oh, well, I guess America <laughs> wants you I'm, to be addicted. I, <laughs> I have America's a, basically telling you to go fuck yeah, off, Zach. It's like, you know, here's that bill you're receiving for your fucking uh, drug dependency, drug and alcohol dependency. By the way, I hope this doesn't make you want to drink more. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, and you're and you're fucking unemployed right now, and the and you're getting fucked up the ass for this shit. Oh yeah, and it's 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 just sometimes you know it, it's in, disheartening. It, it feels a, like everything's working against you yeah. if you're if you're below the if you're not if you're below middle class. Well, it, it, it's this idea that I sometimes like to remind myself. It's kind of a, a little meditative mantra that I give myself if I'm getting really mad about a situation. And I usually use it in personal situations where I'm having a problem with somebody in a relationship or whatever, but it could apply to a bigger idea of... Serenity um, now. No, Serenity. it's just this idea um, of just telling yourself, hey, sometimes you can do everything right and still lose. Like, you can do... You can follow all what they... T- you can do what oh, they tell you to cute. do. You can go... Like, the song, and you know, as I was watching this movie, in the end, he says, I, I did everything right. I lived in your system. I played by your rules. Right. And it reminds me of the Suicidal tendency song, uh, Institutionalized, where he says, I went to your schools. I went to your churches. I went to your institutional learning facilities. And I'm the one that's crazy. And, like, something about that line always stuck with me. And, it, and I feel like it's the same kind of vibe in this film, Falling Down, where it's like, you 
feel like you did everything right. You went to the schools that they said, hey, go to these schools. You you took up the jobs that were like, hey, these are good opportunities. You played the, the, the game that the institution told you to play, and you somehow come up short, and you come up owing them. You come up... You come up the one in, indebted and you're like, I played it your way. And now, and now because I'm breaking, I'm snapping because of this fucking stress that weighs on me. I'm the one that's crazy. I did it. You're, you made, you made me crazy. You made me, <laughs> you made me crazy. So, you know, basically what, you know, what I see and reading those comments, um, like to me, it's it's an it's like someone in the YouTube comment section said this, and I thought that was true. They're like, "This is the Joker film from the '90s. This is a film of society breaking you. You feel like you do everything right. You don't. You're not a bad person. You you did what was encouraged of you. You played by their rules, quote unquote. And then when when it comes down to it. You owe them something still. You owe the them being society or the systems that be, whatever, however you want to frame it. You know, you you play it all as you th- believed you should, you know, and, and at the end you're still indebted to it. You are nothing to it and you're just uh, a means of exploitation and you snap and all of a sudden, oh, that's the crazy guy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no. The it's system made that crazy guy. Society yeah. has society. society has made me this crazy wild man. <laughs> oh man, some kind. You don't know how many times I've tried to use that excuse. Society, <laughs> but no, but yeah, you're right. You're right. Like he's he's like you know what's funny is that he's like a product of America, basically. That's that's basically what he is. But instead of the you know the 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 dream that's sold to everybody he's you know he's divorced you know he can't see his kid the wife didn't say that he said that he seemed like he would get violent but he never like really got violent and so but like the thing is is that i think that points to a bigger thing that like to what you're saying is like the guy was bottled up right yeah. the guy had like all these frustrations and, with life and, and, and the real face the real anger is always shown behind closed doors right you know so to the world he was this calm collected dude but the wife saw the real well that's person, when he, that's when the he real, takes the mask off yeah, yeah. behind closed doors the right. wife sees the real monster that's boiling up in her husband and is like oh my god this guy's a fucking animal I gotta get the fuck out yeah. <laughs> but it, to everybody else on the outside it's like oh what what could bill ever do that you know you know scare anybody or whatever yeah you know i i yeah yeah i agree i you know i just i think uh <sighs> I don't know. I, I think I'll, there's a lot of, you know, just in, in society in general. And I'm not making excuses for this guy. This guy goes on a fucking, basically, on a murder rampage. But, like... Are we supposed to sympathize with this character? That's one thing I was thinking while watching No, I, I don't think you're supposed to sympathize with him. I think, I think what the director was trying to do was he was, like, trying to be like, look, yes, this guy is abjectly a terrible person, right? Like, you know, he, you know, but, like, he, 
in his mind was just like, I'm just trying to get home to see my kid, right? Like, he didn't seem like he was doing anything evil. That's why at the end, he's like, am I, I oh, I'm the bad guy? Because he didn't, he honestly didn't think he was a bad guy. He's just like, listen, I'm just a father who wants to hang out with his kid. But the thing is, is that, you know, there's more to it than that, you know? Um, I don't know. I just, I think, I, I don't think we're supposed to, um... I don't think we're supposed to excuse it. We're supposed to feel sorry. For it. I think we're just supposed to understand what would get someone to that point where they 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 just say fuck it and reject society. Because basically, this whole movie is just basically about one day where he just rejects society and it leads to his death. So Su- suicide by cop. Exactly. So that's w- one thing I wanted to bring up in regards to this movie. So this movie was. Released in ninety three. Before Columbine. Um before well, Columbine. Yeah. But uh, the other day I was with my dad and something had reminded me of a scene from this movie, we started talking about it. And my dad reminded me of he was like, That sounds like this McDonald's massacre that happened in I believe it was nineteen eighty four. In nineteen eighty four in a McDonald's in San Ysidro, I went and I read a little bit about this incident. In San Ysidro, California, south of San Diego, mm-hmm. um, um, some guy, middle-aged, very nondescript, like the character that we follow in this film, nondescript, white man, middle-aged, went into a McDonald's. Holy shit. Uh, um, he fatally shot 21 people, a lot of people and wounded 19 oh, others. Oh, he killed a lot of people. And um, he cool. didn't have a long record. There was nothing indicating that he was some crazed mass murderer or would-be crazed mass murderer. And he went into this McDonald's randomly on a random day and pulled out a gun and just started murdering people. Right. And when I was reading about it, they were like, what brought this guy to do this thing? Mm-hmm. And um, the leading, the preceding incident took place over a couple days. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, his wife said that, like, a couple days before the shooting occurred that he said he was having mental problems that he was having right. some type of mental issues and he called a mental health hotline in san in san diego or san Ysidro. i'm not sure where but um he called a mental health hotline and they said they would call him back and his wife said that he sat near the phone for about seven hours silently staring waiting for a call back Whoa. the call was never returned and when he finally got up he looked at her and said i guess society has failed me or something along those Damn. lines and um That's the dark. next day he was weirdly distant they went to the zoo with their daughter mm-hmm. this is a care this guy the real this life dude had a regular had ass a day wife. after that yeah his Dude. and he was with his wife after the shooting. No, 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 no. This is before. Okay, okay. So he tried to call the mental health line. So the guy was they definitely. Missed, they being... didn't call him back. Yeah. He said society failed me, and she's like, "Okay." Weird dude. Anyways, yeah. whatever, loser. <laughs> and um, but you know, she just kind of brushed it off. I guess the next day, him and his wife and his daughter went to the zoo, and I guess while he was there. Um, he, I guess his wife said that he made some weird comments like, I think my life has come to an end. I think I'm done mm. with this. I think Whoa. I'm done with this world. And that she was like, okay, um, 
you know, I guess it's kind of maybe hard to respond to your significant other saying something that maybe right. you just kind of brush them off as being like kind of like, I guess, frustrated and making like kind of a dark joke or whatever. Right. But like later that day, they would return home and he would kind of come up to them and and like he told his wife, he's like, I got to go out for for uh, a hunting trip is what he told her. Oh, yeah, he said, I have to go for a hunting trip. And she's like, okay, goodbye. And he's like, goodbye. And then his daughter said, a little girl, said that he like came up to her and he was basically like, goodbye, I'm not coming back. And she was like, okay. And then he went to the McDonald's and proceeded to do the shooting. And it was a suicide by cop. He shot right. people until the police showed up and he started shooting at the police and the police killed him. It was a suicide by cop. But essentially this guy who was a normal person, the investigations later on, and the Wikipedia page on this and other things will say when it'll say motive. You know, you always, everybody will always be like, what's the motive behind this? You know, they'll kind of, it says undetermined, unknown, undetermined. What happened here? We don't know. Someone snapped. Someone broke. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we live in, in a culture, in a, in, a, in a country of mass shootings on the regular. Yeah. And these happen regularly. And so they come and go in the media quickly and we forget about them. But back then in the 80s, mass shootings, mass murders might have happened from time to time, you know, in other countries and, and whatnot. And they had serial right. killers, sure. Well, like, but, you know, like like Australia, you know, they had that one, like, major sure, mass shooting event. Sure. But I think at the time in in America, the mass shooting wasn't ingrained in the public psyche the way right, it is right. now. Yeah, now and it's, like, expected. Almost. Exactly. So I think at the time, this shooting, like, might have weighed heavy in a lot of the conscience of America. And they right. were like, why did this happen? What drove some random guy, seemingly normal guy, to go and do something like this? You know, and I think this film is maybe not necessarily made in a response to that, but kind of like I definitely think that this that that incident inspired a lot of this a lot of this movie, and that a lot of the, the ideas and themes and subjects in this movie are inspired by that incident, and perhaps the director, the writers, trying to be like, why would someone just snap like this? A seemingly normal guy, and when they would also later interview the wife, they would find out she would say. They'd be like, was there signs that he could was potentially violent? And she was like, yeah, he was scary from time to time. She was like, on the outside, in the real world, he was quiet. He was reserved. Everybody that knew him through work and public life were like, yeah, it was just some quiet, normal guy. But behind closed doors, the wife was like, he was pretty kind of scary a lot of times. And he would oh, get yeah. angry. And, and, you know, so... I definitely think that this movie draws a lot on that incident. And especially, he's literally... There's a scene where he's in a fast food restaurant at the Whammy Burger about to commit mass murder, but he doesn't. But, I mean, come on. If that scene isn't, like, drawn directly from the real-life event... No, um, totally. But you know what? I I totally agree, though, with that sentiment, though. Like, like, I think that's what this movie is trying to say. Is society... like, Like what you said with that guy. He's like, society failed... Mm-hmm. Him and you know, and look, it, like I said, it, again, it's not an excuse. Yeah, none of that it's, makes it right. No, no, no not a, it's it's at object abjectly mass horrible. murders wrong in all yeah. situations. Hot take, hot take. <laughs> but you know, um, I think that the only way that we ever get to the root of these issues if is is 
understand what would make someone, you know, like when, when serial killers were first coming around, they had forensic pathologists to figure out like, you know, why someone, because most murders were, were done by someone that knew the victim. Right. But then when murder started happening to people seemingly at random, right. Possibly by the same person, but they, they wouldn't expect that. They wouldn't expect that. And they had to change, you know, based on their understanding of that. The thing that's, <clears throat> I think it's honestly kind of an indictment to the American system is that, like, is that we've had so many goddamn fucking mass shootings. And we literally had one in our hometown not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Within the last And that month. was someone going postal at VTA. Right. And, you know, <clears throat> I think it, sorry, <clears throat> I think it just, it speaks that, you know, that there's a lot of people in America who are unhappy. I know, shocker. But, like, we have to understand why they're unhappy and try to fix that. That's the only way we're ever going to fucking, we're not going to have, you know, someone shooting up a church or someone shooting up a festival, whatever. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, I, I think this movie does, a like, not completely, like, excusing Michael Douglas. Because Michael Douglas's character, right, like, you see, you see the degeneration. You see the descent. And I don't know, like, I, I just, I really find, like, in movies, I mean, The Shining's one of my favorite movies. And that movie's all about the descent into madness, right? Like, how, you know... But I think that, you know, America has failed a lot of people. America, there's... And Could no, we take that, that San Ysidro McDonald's massacre that occurred in 1984, long before, 20 years before we were born, 20, 30 years before the days of the mass shooting, now that we've seen in the 2010s and still occurring, can we take that as an early precursor, an early, like, red flag? To what would soon become a nationwide sure, epidemic yeah. of of senseless mass murder, and for no reason. Here's another one that's similar to the San Ysidro McDonald's massacre. Another one that's you look at it and you're like, what? Why? Why? Like, there's no reasoning, and it's one that's always creeped me out. Middle aged white guy, the Vegas shooting, right? The right. Las Vegas <clears throat> country festival shooting, right. where it was a random white guy. No signs of anything prior. I mean, the quiet, reserved, heavy gambler, I guess. Maybe in his personal life there was red flags, but one day this guy just decided, yo, I'm just going to go kill a bunch of people and suicide by cop, you know? Right. And that one's recent. That was 2017, late 2017. But see, the, you know, the, prob- the problem is, though, is that we don't try to understand what drives someone to this. You know what I mean? And that's... The failure of the American system. That's the that's the fa- the honest fucking failure, you know. And I mean, like you know, you you see in this movie, you know, like yes, of course, Michael Douglas is the main character, but you see all around that everyone's being everyone's being uh, what's it called? Not scammed, but um, 
sold this bullshit dream. Like, you see, like, you know, I'm not economically viable, you know? Mm. I think we have to bring that up. Yeah. So, at one point, there's a black guy outside of a bank, and he's he's yelling, you know, I'm not economically viable. I was denied for a loan. And, you know, then he gets taken away in the car. And, you know, that it, it just shows, like... <clears throat> I think the most interesting thing about this movie is that it shows, like, where, you know, there's... Like, it's not just this guy. It's a societal anxiety, right? It's a society, like, you know, especially after this year of fucking COVID and people losing their fucking jobs and shit. And, you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of fucking people who are in positions where they feel fucking hopeless. And I feel for them, you know? But the thing is, is that, you know, we don't have, we don't have great, you know, like, you know, programs to reach out to people, to those in need. We have some, but they're underfunded. And, you know, there's only so many people that can, you know, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough. But the thing is, is that I think that, you know, this is, this is a byproduct. This, this, is, a, this is a byproduct of capitalism. This is, this is, this is what it is. What if somebody doesn't know that they're in need? What if someone doesn't know they're on the verge of a, of a, of a collapse or an episode? I um, think in a lot of times people aren't going to know and they're not going to realize. Yeah, and of not course, of course. Like, oh, I need help right now or whatever. I don't, th- there's no, there's no scene in this movie where he's like, oh, I need mental health. You know, that's what people say nowadays. We, you know, whenever these mass shootings happen, there's right. always the same song and dance, thoughts and prayers, and then mental health awareness, and then and then maybe and then gun no reform, talks, yeah, no, and no. then everything ends, and then we would just wait for the next one, and, and we then have the and same then no gun reform dance. ever fucking happens, but except except recently. You want to talk about what happened in San Jose? Like, no, okay, but um, but you know, time. yeah, 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 um, so yeah, you know, it, it, I just um, you know. There's a hopelessness in this movie that I, I like, you know, that, you know, and that's, that's part of the reason why Robert Duvall, he saw, he saw, he kind of saw the, 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 the pattern, right? Is because he saw what he kind of felt in himself because, you know, at the end he says, everyone's got their own version of a dream, dream world, dream, you know, dream life. You know, he's like, I thought it was making babies, right? And then his fucking kid dies in the crib, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's like, you know, the the wife, you know, used to be pretty, but then, you know, she had the baby, got put on weight, and then lost her, you know, lost her looks, you know, lost, you know what I mean? That, there's just, there's so many, like, aspects to, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's just, it gives you a lot to think about. I, I have to disagree in some ways i don't know if i see this movie as an outright condemnation of america or capitalism outright um to me it feels a little bit more comprehensive of just living life in the modern world in general and that it's just like the little trials tribulations and stresses of modern life is enough to drive a man's insane and let me ask you this. There's one thing when All I right. was watching this movie that I kept being like, is he on a mission? Is he inspired by some divine force? Is God guiding him or a divine force guiding him? Um, and if you think about it, like the way things fall into place for him right. seems very kind of like 
divinely inspired. Like how he he you know he survives the drive by. Yeah, exactly. He's he starts in the Korean shop owner shop. The guy pulls a bat on him. He gets the bat. He uses the bat to fend him off. He gets what he wants. You know, and you're like, okay, I guess I'll take that. Then then. You know, there's this scene in the park with the Los Angeles gangsters, and they come up, and even if they pull a knife on him, he still wins with his bat. Right. He wins with the bat. Then then, then later on, the next scene, yeah, he's at the phone booth. They try and shoot him in a drive-by. They miss every shot. He goes over there, and he's basically won. And, um, and he uh, goes over there, and he finds the bag of guns. It's almost like... Some divine force. Chekhov's guns. Yeah, well, it's like some divine force <laughs> yeah. gives him these guns and saves him from getting shot. It's like some... It, in a lot of aspects, parts of this movie, right, it feels like almost, in a way, some divine force is guiding him. And I don't know if you notice this, and as he goes around L.A., there's a lot of, like, weird things on the walls. Like, yeah, in one, yeah, like a lot of, like... In an uh, early one, it says, kill, kill, kill all over this wall. Like, uh-huh. in graffiti, it says, kill, kill, kill. And then when he steals the guns, it shows him the shot shows him looking as he picks up the guns and looking at the car crash, and behind him is a mural of Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. And... Later on, I yeah, on and that. and later on at the park, um, he, as he's walking, there's other graffiti that says like just world peace, world peace, world peace over and over again, and in the later on and following that scene back in the city, there's another mural that he's in front of that looks like it was from some Vietnam or Korean War of some kind, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, I feel like as he's falling down through these events, he's kind of being pushed. In a way, almost by some divine well, force, almost, almost I, like a like you know, like the societal stresses are pushing him. That's the the divine the divine you know mission he's on. That's a the you know I mean the driving forces. I I feel like it is the the you know I mean there's already a man who's on the verge, and like you know just like all this you know. I mean, and his name in credits and as they refer to him as is defense it's not attack or kill or murder it's defense like he's defending himself or something in some way it feels it felt to me in some way and it's not he's to defending what condone, he believes is right condone any of these actions mm-hmm. but it feels like he's being guided or how the nazi guy kind of protects him the nazi guy right. pushes the bag away and helps him hide from the cops and, um, but I think I think I think you know, I know what you're talking about in that scene. But I think in that scene, like he makes a mention in a call to his wife, where he's like, "I've reached like the point of no return." Like I th- I think he did kind of question, you know, it, it along the way. Like he wasn't like prepared to go like on this, you know. What I mean, but I feel like yeah, it, life in Los Angeles <laughs> pushed him to do that. You know, it definitely feels to me like there is. He's almost, not to condone it again, like, what he's doing is obviously um, pretty despicable. Again, and he, our, I don't our think stance he's is simp- anti-mass murder. Anti-mass murder, and I think it's pretty, pretty, um, I don't necessarily think he's a hero, and I don't even no. think he's an anti-hero, but I think it feels in the film like there is some odd justification he's almost like a his, travis bickle like character for almost. yeah what was that travis bickle from taxi driver 
Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because he's like kind of like a reject of society. Mm-hmm. You know what it, I mean? It, it does feel almost like like they're not a hero, but there is some weird justification for what they're doing, and it's almost like. In a way, the world or a divine force of some kind is pushing them to say, hey, like, make a statement. Because your life is sacrifice. You're sacrificed to the deity. And if you can make a statement and come out, and it's going to cost you... are measured in what you can produce. It's going to cost your life at the end. But come out here, make a statement, kill people, make noise, and then society will change through you as a sacrifice to the deity you know so to me what i see there is that it's not necessarily right or all that justified for what he's doing but it's in a way it's like making noise making chaos sacrificing yourself and then in a way that forces change right well, in an ideal society, it would force, you know what I mean? I mean, like, if something terrible like this happened, it would force change. But we live in a, like, I, like you said before, we live in a society where we've become numb to fucking, you know, mass murder. And we live in a society. We, we do live in a society, you're right. Well, you want to you wrap it up? Give me your final thoughts, Zach. Okay, well, um, final thoughts. Um, I think it's interesting the again i like to the timing when this movie was released in 1993 if this movie was released nowadays i think it would be somewhat insensitive just because of the proliferation of mass shootings and the way the guy talks and responds to people is somewhat not all that uh sensitive and to certain you know, things that... Multiculturalism yeah. is very against that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that our current culture might, you know, not, you know, consider all that cool. Um, but I think it's it's interesting when this movie was released in the 90s, calling out some type of weird stresses and and, and nonsense and bullshit that might drive a human being to some type of horrible, violent, psychotic snap, you know, that that was something that was explored in the 90s, and obviously people have been driven to psychotic snaps prior to this, but anyways, that this was something, an idea of the going postal was something explored in a time where these events were rare, and I think they left a greater imprint in the public's psyche. And I think that there's something to be said about, you know, just the way the movie presents this character as the main character in a not necessarily protagonistic role, but as the character you're supposed to be following and being like, hey, that's, you know, relating with in some way. And the movie telling you this guy, despite his evil acts, is relatable in some way. And that's kind of disturbing in a way. Yeah, and that these justifications he have, you can see them. You can see why. It's not just like, oh, this is senseless violence. This is not, this is just nothing. None None of it, there's no motive... Which is when you see this from the outside, when you see these mass killings right. and the mass shootings, you're like, wow, this senseless violence. I don't understand it. Why would somebody do this? And the movie presents it in this way where it's like, 
you can see the justifications. You can see what brought this guy to this. And it comes in a place and time that I don't think was very aware of stuff like that or was very in touch with stuff like that. So I like how this movie kind of explores something that I think wasn't, yeah, ahead of its time, but also if it was produced now would be received. I think people would say it's, yeah, I think people would see, see it as insensitive and out of touch. Interesting. But, um, what would you give it? I would give it out of a 10. Hmm. I think I would give it a 7.5 to an 8. Okay. Um, right. I, I like this movie. Uh, the acting's strong. Um, yeah. Robert Duvall kills it as the detached psycho. No, no, yeah. that's that's Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. Michael Douglas kills it as the detached psycho, right? And um, but also weirdly sympathetic. Um, the role of, of the police and and how the police act in this as kind of like some weird weird societal counterbalance as society trying to fight back or 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 uphold the status quo. The police upholding the status quo, I think, is. An interesting metaphor that I, that um, the movie presents also, um, and a lot of the scenes are great. Or, you know, the the scene. One more in reference to the divine thing. The kid that comes up to him to explain how to use the rocket launcher. Oh, yeah. How would some kid just know that? Hey, man. That's he's playing Call of Duty. No, that's a fucking <laughs> divine force telling him what to do and how to do it. Come on. So I there's a lot of a lot of thought provoking moments in this moment Definitely. in this movie and um and I think that you know the idea of society driving one to madness and then being inspired by some otherworldly force to commit horrible acts in order to possibly inspire change is an interesting idea and something that isn't explored in most movies and for an early 90s film where shit was being produced like fucking Forrest Gump and whatnot, I think it's, um, I think, uh, I think it's weirdly, uh, um, countercultural, and I like that. So, yeah. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna go ahead and say almost an eight. Alright. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, what I gotta you know, this is definitely, like, in, in line with, you know, all of the typical, you know, uh, like reject from society type trope, you know, but I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because yeah, you're right. It is like, you know, the stresses of the modern age, you know, I think that it's a good, it's a good statement on, you know, what, what would lead someone to do something like crazy like this for sure. But you know, it, it's interesting. Like you said, the guy's not a hero. He's not an anti-hero. He's just kind of like a person. And you're forced to just look at him kind of as an object person. Because you're, if you're rooting for him, then you're a fucking psycho. Um, and, you know, and, you know, you can't do root against, like, the main character in the movie. I mean, you can't. Uh, you're watching the movie, right? So you're forced... You're forced to live this movie through Michael Douglas's point of view, right? You're forced. Him and Robert Duvall. There's no scene that doesn't have either of them in it, right? They're all, they're both. So it's like, it's a duality, right? It's a duality. Like Robert Duvall also felt cheated by, you know, you know, he believed his dream 
you know, dream wife would be to have kids and live this happy life married and whatnot. But, you know, his kid dies and resentment builds in his marriage and, you know, the wife is unhappy and, you know what I mean? And he, but he's, he's made, he's made a piece, piece of it at the end. At the end, he's like, he's like, I'm a cop. I know who I am. I, I, I need to be true to who I am. Right. He has like a positive change, but see, Michael Douglas, he just, he, he, he went down the path of hate, you know, and hate. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, you know, anger leads to hatred. <laughs> Yoda. Yeah. Quote Yoda. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think this is definitely, uh, uh, I, I don't hear talked a lot, talked a lot. Like when I, when I hear movies brought up a lot, but this is a, a, a sleeper for sure. A nineties sleeper. I think, um, I'd rank it up there with great countercultural movies. For sure. But, you know, like, the thing is, is that, you know, like I said, you're not rooting for the guy. You're not rooting against him. You're just kind of, you're just living and seeing this guy. You're seeing this guy, and you're you're forced to see why. And I, I don't know, I, I, I find that interesting, because, like, most, most people be like, man, fuck this guy. He's a fucking piece of shit. He murdered these people and all this stuff. And yeah, he is. For sure. Again, the stance of us is anti-mass murder, okay? <laughs> I want to make that make clear. This absolutely <laughs> clear, okay? We're not saying we're that not, what he does is no. kosher. <laughs> and we're not laughing because of insensitivity. We're laughing because of the uncomfortability of this. But, but you know, I, I think that... A lot, a lot of good art forces us to be uncomfortable and it forces us to look at something from a different perspective. And that's why I think this movie is very interesting and poignant. You know, I would probably, I, I'd probably give it, I mean, this is, this is a, a, it's a very good movie. I'd recommend it. You know, it's, um, it's about two hours. I'd probably give it about, I think I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm about eight eight point five. I think that's I think that's where I'm I'm rocking at because I I think this movie does something you know it's it's a very original story and you know it doesn't like I always like it when a movie is like it doesn't matter who the characters are. It's more so like the person in the situation, right? Mm-hmm. You're not wrapped up in the character of Michael Douglas or the you're you're more so just like, okay, who is this guy? You're you're just dropped into him in traffic, right? You are given no backstory, right? You it unfolds. The story unfolds and as you peel back the layers, you 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 see why he you know what I mean in the beginning you just think it's a dude who's just lost his mind but then you're like okay you know he's divorced he's, he can't see his kid he lost his job you know and I think that you know I I think it's I think it's a very well done movie so I think that's I think that's all we got to say about that mm-hmm. but um yeah stay tuned thank you for listening good night. What he does say, I'm crazy. When I went to your school, I went to your churches.